Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join the discussion, email us at yogahour at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'll be sharing with you today some insights and practices from the spiritual tradition of yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that means oneness, commonly defined that way as oneness, union, or unity. And this refers in the highest way to bringing our attention and our awareness to consciously abide in our essential spiritual nature. We could say yoga is being restored to our original wholeness. Um, yoga is self-realization. It is n- not just intellectually knowing this truth, but realizing it, and then, of course, living in harmony with that truth of our being. So today we're going to have an opportunity to look at how yoga uh, can support us in complete well-being and with a holistic understanding. And we are blessed to have Yoga Sri Professor N.V. Raguram with us today, founder and chairman of Yoga Bharati, and we'll be exploring this ancient wisdom and what they're doing with it in, in combining it with modern research for health, healing, and a total well-being. Yoga Bharati is a non-profit volunteer organization with a vision uh, for enhancing health on all levels, physical, happiness, mental, knowledge, intellectual, and peace, spiritual in our lives through this holistic approach to yoga. Yoga Bharti brings a wealth of knowledge about yoga through their yoga teacher's training course from Vivekananda Yoga Research Foundation. The acronym is V-Y-A-S-A, Vyasa. This is uh, in Bangalore, India. Vyasa is one of the premier yoga universities and yoga research institutes in India with a rich background in research on yoga's <clears throat> healing effects for various uh, ailments and 
Um, that is where you can often find Yogashri Raghuramji. He's serving there as professor of yogic sciences. Uh, he teaches yogasanas, pranayam, dhyana, cure for various ailments, along with a theoretical yogic and scientific background. Um, so we're so delighted that he's here with us today. He's been um, practicing yoga for more than 30 years. And you can uh, learn more about their work at yogabharti.org. That's yoga, B-H-A-R-A-T. Org. Welcome, Raghuramji. I'm so delighted that you're here with us today. Namaste. Thank you so much. Before we begin our conversation about holistic health, let us just take a moment together uh, to center ourselves. moment, let us bring our hearts and our minds into the awareness of divine omnipresence, recognizing and acknowledging one reality called by many names. Know that as the support, the substance of all that is. So in a simple moment, We can use our breath, following the breath within, intending to bring our attention and our awareness into the depths of our being, to abide consciously in our spiritual nature. Breathing out, we can let go of any stress or any ideas of being separate from the source. So breathing in, just naturally and easily, we remember the truth of our being and let our consciousness expand. Breathing out, we let go of stress. It only takes a moment to shift our perspective. And when we do, we can remember, we can see that what we are is the conscious witness. We see our thoughts, we observe them, our feelings, we observe them. And we become aware of the peace that is always within us. So touching that peace right now emanating from the core of our being. Let us invite that peace to pervade the mental field, our emotional nature, the physical body. And feeling that peace now, let us intend to let the peace within us overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. we have an opportunity to look at yoga holistically and of course that's the very essence of yoga yoga is is holistic it is about being restored to wholeness but often of course 
um, people have just a little glimpse of one facet of yoga. You know, perhaps they're familiar with the asanas or physical postures and see yoga as exercise, while others, um, perhaps they are not um, doing asana, but they're aware of yoga philosophy or they're meditating. Um, but of course, yoga is a complete system of practices and philosophy that promotes physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual health and well-being. So let us start with this idea of health and and what it is really and what yoga can uh, tell us about health. So Raghuramji, please start with um, telling us um, how you see the yogic view of health. Yeah. Uh, according to the yoga philosophy, that there are two important aspects of the health it takes up. One is that health does not just mean a physical health, but it is a total personality, holistic kind of an approach towards health. The second important aspect is that the health is something which is our own nature. And it's not that that we have to do something for the health, but we have to get back to our nature to see that we regain the health. And uh, third important aspect is the way that yoga looks at health. In Sanskrit, we have the word for health is called as swastha. It, has made up, it is made up of two different words. One is swa and stha. Swa means self, stha means being. When I'm in myself, that's what is health. When I'm going away from myself, that's what is sickness. So every sickness idea is essentially that we have gone away from our nature. So can we go back to get back to our nature? That's what is the whole idea of yoga. The definition of yoga itself is how can you get back to your natural state and come out of the influence from the world that has really drifted you away from your nature. In that sense, the very definition of yoga meets with the idea of health. In fact, in the modern medical science also, World Health Organization, is trying to give us a push in that direction, saying that health is not just mere absence of sickness, but it's a positive well-being at the physical, mental, social, spiritual level. So our idea is World Health Organization focusing on two things. One is don't focus on the sickness, but focus on the health. Second thing is don't look at only the physical well-being, but at the total personality. In that sense, the way that we look at the applicability of yoga is to see that World Health Organization definition we can more than fulfill with the practice of yoga. So the whole of approach of yoga is for getting a better health, better well-being, and better total holistic approach towards that. Mm-hmm. So this is what is the basic view from mm-hmm. the yoga point of view about the health. And it's such, um, it's so encouraging, I think, for people um, who are undergoing um, 
various forms of stress, you know, to the system, whether it has manifested, you know, at the physical level or not, you know, um, this idea that health is natural to us is, you know, so, um, uh, so much a part of uh, yoga, you know, that, that the self is, is mm-hmm. really the healer. That is the healer. And of course, you know, this teaching that is available to us says, you know, yes, we can receive support, you know, from outside, but we must understand that the, the healer is within what, what is going to bring health is actually sourced from within us. And so it is so important to be in touch with that. You know, so often when, you know, in the West, uh, when people have a challenge, the first place they're looking is outside, right? Can I take this in order to make the change? But uh, yoga would have us looking more systemically at, um, you know, what are the resources, you know, within us for bringing balance back to our system and the natural state of well-being that that you're that you're mm-hmm. mentioning so um you know let's share with us some uh, of the key yoga practices for maintaining um health because here we're talking about health is natural um and yet of course with stress in the modern world we're frequently getting out of balance so how does yoga bring us back into balance to experience our innate well-being one of the most uh, standard definition of stress according to the modern pundits is uh, stress is an altered condition and that's what is given by Selly and Levy and they have defined going away from our nature that's what is supposed to be the stress and the way that Indian philosophy looks at the how the sickness develops this is don't look at the ailment from the point of view of symptoms but look at the cause it says causes there was earlier that the cause used to be outside some epidemic some infection whereas today most of the problems that we have the health issues they are not connected with any external things but they causes internal and then it starts somewhere deep within us in the form of a disharmony and percolates into the physiology and by the time it comes to the physiology it has really gathered its momentum deep inside so the what the yoga philosophy says is don't look at the symptoms and try to treat go to the cause and the cause is that basically that we created some disharmony within and that's what is basically the stress Mm -hmm. and that matches with the concept today that stress most of the sicknesses today that we have they are called as directly or indirectly induced stress mm-hmm. so the basic practices that we give to maintain the good health of the at total personality level i would say that there are some practices of yoga asanas postures to see that we get back to our natural state and body which is a relaxed state similarly a simple practices of pranayama so that the prana slows down we become natural and everyday practice of yoga not only should contain some physical postures and some breathing where the prana yama is addressed but together with that we at least need to sit for a few minutes do the meditation go back to the self observe ourselves as self aware being state 
as something mm-hmm. which is important mm-hmm. so like that we try to give a total body kind of practices mm-hmm. for maintaining good health in the stressful conditions mm-hmm. yeah and you know we find if we're able to to slow down to bring our attention within through these practices that you've mentioned asana meditation pranayam that the intelligence um permeates to the physical level in the you know uh, the mind uh then can it is purified can then direct us towards right choices and also better understanding you know of what is affecting the body you know if we um i appreciate very much that yoga includes the body it's not limited to it but includes it because so often uh in our highly developed uh parts of the world you know people are living so much just in the mind right <laughs> and not connected to the body just ignoring the the needs of the body but of course you know then that leads to um to stress and to dysfunction and so as a holistic viewpoint yoga is very helpful um to have us connect up you know all of the layers of our being you know from the core self um that permeates uh, all these levels of our being you know the physical the mental the emotional and bringing that into harmony then i think you know we naturally make uh right choices and one of those yes. of course is is diet so you know and that's a big topic for people looking at health you know so how how does your research view diet for health uh let me come to the diet before that let me just give one simple idea that uh our body is not like any other physical just body which is like just existing but our body is uh modern science also recognizes as mod- body mind continuum our mind body continuum whereas indian philosophy goes one step ahead saying that it is consciousness mind body continuum so the last that apply to the physical body it is not like anywhere in the world outside the physical structure the last apply it is much more deeper so naturally uh, that we need to see that if you have a healthy mind a intellect which is also in harmony with the whole body mind then we can maintain the health and another important aspect about this body in the sanskrit it is the physical body is understood as annamaya kosha annamaya basically means it is food supported or food made out of mm-hmm. so naturally the food we take becomes an important component in this consciousness mind body continuum Mm, absolutely can if i can just interrupt you right there with my apologies this is so so rich now we're thinking about um the body and the and uh being made really of food that level of our being and so this is a critical understanding so i want to give more time to it let's take our break now and when we come back if we could continue um thinking about uh in hearing you speak about these levels of our being the koshas the sheets um and then how that relates um to to diet and practices for our well-being you're listening to the yoga hour with guest yogashree raguram founder and chairman of yoga bharati yogabharati.org and we'll be right back and continue this conversation about health and healing 
listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. To support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Your contribution helps us broadcast messages of love and inspiration throughout the world. If you've tuned in for Touching the Stillness with host Reverend Paulette Pipe, then you know the power of her soul-stirring meditations. And if her programs leave you wanting more, you can purchase her meditation CD, Touching the Stillness, and you'll be able to take Paulette's calming voice along with you wherever you go. This enthralling CD contains three separate self-contained meditations that can either be listened to in one sitting or one at a time. Whatever your preference, Paulette's mesmerizing voice will transport you beyond thoughts and sounds to a sacred place of stillness and soul remembrance. So go ahead, enliven your meditation practice with the Touching the Stillness CD from Reverend Paulette Pipe and let the stillness touch you. To obtain your copy, go to www.unity.org and click on Shop. That's www.unity.org and click on shop. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien and I'm joined today by Yoga Sri Raghu Ram. And we've been talking about the yoga as a holistic system for well-being, well-being on all levels, body, mind, emotions emanating from the divine self, the core of our being. Uh, when we were finishing the first segment, we, we started to talk about um, diet and uh, Raghuramji, you were, you were beginning to give us some insight into how yoga views the body and you know, people are often surprised that, in a sense, in in yoga, we we see many um, layers uh, to the self, um, and it's in a very insightful way of seeing 
um, the body mind continuum. So if, if you could please continue, um, to share with us about the koshas, the sheaths, these we would call coverings of the self or the, the soul nature. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the journey goes from gross to subtle at the grossest level that we are this physical body, physical personality, anamaya kosha. And then, and that's what normally we see outside. But then deep inside, we have the life force or life energy personality, which is called as prana. And a lot of times people have a wrong notion that the breath is prana. It is not the breath, but whatever that energy which is responsible for breathing to take place are the same way that they hard to beat the lungs to function, and that energy, that portion, what is called as pranamaya kosha, are the energy sheets or energy personality. Subtler than that, we have the mind, mental personality, or the psychic personality. And behind that psychic personality, what controls, what guides all these levels is our intellect, vijnanamaya kosha. A lot of times... People stop at that level. Most of the scientists, most of the intellectuals, they have stopped at that level as the intellect is the highest of the, our existence. But Indian philosophy said, intellect is also a tool that we use, like the way that the body is made out of food, the same way that intellect is made out of the information that you get from outside world. So intellectual personality also belongs to the world outside. And deeper than that is we are the bliss or the spiritual personality. And when we were born, we were most of the time at that spiritual level, bliss level, and come to the body level only whenever it is absolutely necessary. Look at the children. They come to the body level when it is absolutely necessary. Otherwise, they are always blissful. But as we have grown, we have more and more attachment and association with the physical body. Now, coming to this point, what must be the spiritual type diet or the yogic diet is very simple general rule is that kind of a diet which can give you freedom from the body level. Because hunger is the way that the body catches your attention, holds you tight. And then the food that you give it to hunger gives you freedom from the body level. And that food which can give you easily freedom from the body level is supposed to be a yogic food or the sattvic food. And whatever that binds you by activity, by agitation at the body level, even after you take care of your hunger, still that you are associated with the body level is supposed to be rajasic. And that which really makes you feel dull at the body level is supposed to be tamasic. Hmm. So we have given a lot of importance to the kind of food that we take, not only the kind, quality, the frequency, and the atmosphere in which that you take food. All these things part of the diet to see that you should be able to free yourself from the body level attachment. Hmm. So this is the simple direction for the yogic food. In that category, very nicely, vegetarian food with less spices, 
with a less of a balanced kind of a diet a balance between the whether it is the food grains or the vegetables and the fruits and all that when that is done which is natural not contaminated by the chemicals these days that you use is supposed to be the yogic food and with yoga you know there's a wonderful uh, attitude that the body and mind of course you know we see it as the the temple of god really the the abode of the divine and so we want to care for it in the highest way but there's also another viewpoint which i like which is uh, it is the laboratory right it is the laboratory of our um, increasing awareness and so with anything in life um, we are we observe you know if you are practicing yoga you should be a scientist you know of the self observing so here you're talking about diet and what is the proper diet and you know while there's a recommended um, diet in in yoga of light foods sattvic foods um, you're saying we're looking for freedom uh, at the body level. So, you know, another way to see that would be peace, you know, this sense of just well-being and satisfaction. So we can use our own feedback if we pay attention, you know, just eat something and then see, you know, what you experience in your body and your mind and be a scientist about it because this will will help you. You know, it is uh, not exactly the same for everyone. So we have to bring our attention and our awareness to how um, what we are taking in is affecting us on uh, the the mental and physical and even spiritual levels of our being. Um, mm-hmm. And and this seems to be you know at the heart of yoga therapy. You know this is really the ability to use yoga to discern you know what a person needs to help restore yeah. their well being. Um, so tell us a bit about yoga therapy. Well, um, we have the center in Bangalore where we give this yoga therapy. We have evolved a whole lot of idea philosophy behind yoga therapy. The first uh, shift that we wanted to give in the yoga therapy is our focus is from the illness to wellness. This is something which is very important. And uh, the people who come there, however, uh, whatever may be the kind of health conditions, but they will see that with all those conditions, they still have health within them. And now this healing is our natural property within our system. There's one thing very important is that health world comes from healing and no outside object can give us the healing. Healing is our own innate property. All that what we can do is to see that how you can supplement and complement this healing property that's there within you. Like the way that the bone is cut, you put the bone pieces together and make it not to move so that the healing takes place. The bone has an ability to heal. So we try to create in yoga therapy an environment, a situation, so that you heal yourself from within. So, in fact, now another thing is, as we have always been talking, health uh, with our own nature, spirituality is supposed to be the inner, deep inner harmony. So if I create a harmonic, harmonious situation within, 
then I'm actually encouraging the healing process to go on. So the practices that what we give is something which should be harmonious to a person. Let me give a simple example. If somebody is having a pain, and then if he finds a particular type of bending is going to give him pain, which means basically that your body is fighting within yourself. That means there is no harmony within. So we try to avoid all such conditions where the body starts fighting with yourself. There's a basic shift in the concept because the man medicine looks at the whole thing is fighting with the sickness. Whereas yoga says, let us not have any fight within our system. We should try to aim at harmony. If fighting is not the language that we should speak, then the yoga therapy work starts. Now we try to see that how we can enjoy the practices at the physical level and enjoy the practices at prana and meditation where you really enjoy that means basically you're avoiding fighting at all these levels. And that's when basically the healing takes place. That's a therapy language. Mm -hmm. Especially one of the very important areas where we are doing research is the research in cancer. And cancer, very symptom itself shows that your own body cells are fighting with your own cells. So it is the fighting the language which has created cancer. So is there a way that deep inside at my cell intelligence level, I can remove this concept of fighting within? So when the patient comes to us, we say that let us try to forget that we are fighting the cancer. Let us try to create a deep inner harmony with you that really takes care of your cancer. Mm. This is the way it takes place. To let the, the deep harmony and well-being of the self uh, prevail, this brings uh, so much strength, you know, up to the surface <laughs> than to, to have the body be able to be restored, you know, uh, res- being restored to wholeness, which is a definition that my guru often gives for yoga itself, that yoga is simply being restored to our original wholeness. Um you know, as you were speaking about these practices, I appreciated that you you use the word to enjoy. You know, we are enjoying um, the time sitting in meditation, enjoying pranayama or asana, because this helps us reconnect um, to the bliss, the innate bliss in our being, um, which brings forth uh, healing. Um, you, you know, there is... Um, at, at the core of yoga, of course, is this understanding of what we really are, you know, as the self, which is indestructible, unchangeable, pure existence being. And so, you know, at the heart of this therapeutic approach is to not give um, power to something such as disease, which is a changeable condition. You know, things have gotten out of balance um, and given rise then to this uh, dis-ease, really. Um, but we, uh, it is helpful to understand that that is a changeable condition and that is not the truth of what we are. So that that is, yoga therapy is very powerful uh, with this view of helping people to get back um, to bliss, back to the truth of their being, and back to the inner strength then that can let the self um, 
do what it does, which is to heal. <laughs> In fact, we, at our center, we have all these modalities. Like yoga is the main thing. Then we have naturopathy. We have Ayurveda. And also we have doctors who can give the modern medicine. One of the very important areas where we can use the modern technologies to in the form of diagnosis. But when it comes to the uh, the therapy aspect of it, the core of us is the health or healing. And when you come out of that core, our own nature, the first practice which will help us to get back to our nature without any external help is yoga. Therefore, the first circle practice is supposed to be yoga therapy. We try to work with yoga therapy to bring people back into the health. When people go further away, then we give the naturopathy, which is a natural techniques, which can help us to get back, like the way that throwing up is a wonderful way that people can get back to the health are giving the rest to the stomach in the form of fasting is the way to get back to the health. These are the things that are there. Then if further you have gone away from the core called health center, then we give the natural substances, which is supposed to be Ayurveda. Mm-hmm. In Ayurveda, all the medicines are supposed to be the natural material that's available in the nature as it is unprocessed. Only thing is that we try to put together a combination of them, that's what is Ayurveda. When somebody goes farther than that, then we need to introduce some chemical in the system to get back. That's where the modern medicine comes into the picture. And when even that chemical from outside cannot help, then we need to resort to the chemotherapy or surgery. Mm. When you look at this way, that all of our patients who come to us, we give the first choice for them to yoga, then naturopathy and Ayurveda. And only when these things do not immediately give a relief, for temporarily, we try to bring in the modern medicine, etc., mm-hmm. to come to the center. I, I, this is how that we integrated all the different modalities to see that how the therapy takes place. And it's so helpful, I think, you know, to have this approach um, as you're uh, sharing what what is going on there in Vyasa that includes um, all the resources that are available, but but seeing them on the spectrum. Um, and, yeah. you know, where does the intervention need to be made? You know, sometimes when there is an acute condition, um, mm. you know, a person needs the, the skills and the intervention of what uh, Western uh, medicine can offer but there are times you know when when that is is too much and uh, you know sometimes these interventions are are offered when you know it would be better to simply do something less invasive and um you know make a change understanding what the cause is and changing you know from there so i think it's wonderful that you include this full spectrum and and give the perspective that um you know assistance can come from any form you know we understand what the self is as as the healer and all of these interventions that are in uh, interventions that are available it's useful mm. i think um 
to to see them all as a potential helpers, you know, depending on on what is really needed. Um, we're going to take a break in just a, a moment, but but let me ask you, um, and we can continue after the break. Of um, you know, what are you what are you seeing in terms of the discovery when you're bringing research to to yoga? Mm-hmm. Yes, we'll talk about it. Okay, so when we come back, that will be the top of the last segment. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and you're listening to the Yoga Hour with special guest Yoga Sri Raghuram from uh, Byasa in uh, Bangalore, India, and he is the founder of Yoga Bharati, yogabharati.org. We look forward to coming back with you in just a moment. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. Celebrated Unity Minister and author Eric Butterworth tells us, The exciting thing is that wherever you may be along the way of unfoldment and self-realization, no matter what the problems or challenges you may face, there is always more in you, the mystery of God in you, the Christ in you, which means your potential for healing, for overcoming, for prosperity. There is no limit. Join us each week for Discovering Eric Butterworth, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Central Time with host Rev. Tom Thorpe. Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, living the eternal way. Offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join the discussion, email us at yogahour at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and joining us today is Yoga Sri Raghu Ram. And as we complete our conversation this morning about yoga and holistic living, um, we're going to spend a few minutes in the beginning here talking about the kinds of research that they're doing uh, at Vyasa in Bangalore, India, looking at um, the therapeutic benefits of yoga. And uh, then we'll talk a bit about yoga as lifestyle management. But let's start with what you, what you have been learning um, now over 25 years of research at this institution. Um, what are you seeing? Uh, actually, we, all, we started our work with the, inspired by the words of Swami Vivekananda, which is this year is 150 year birthday of Swami Vivekananda. He said that the best of the East should meet with best of the West. The best of the West is the scientific spirit, and the East has all this knowledge. 
So the best way is try to put this whole knowledge of yoga into the scientific perspective by doing the research. Therefore, thereby, we can avoid all this mystic kind of an aspect of it and blind belief kind of an aspect of it. So we started our research in the field of yoga. The first thing that we have taken up is all the chronic ailments, like for example, people have the chronic problems with the allergies, with asthma, with diabetes. And second area there we have taken up is the area of stress-related disorders because modern ailments, 99% of them are directly or indirectly connected with the stress. So that's a huge area. Anxiety, neurosis, hypertension, and then various kind of gastrointestinal disorders we have taken up. And we did the research not only at Bangalore in India at our research center, but we collaborated ourselves with the people in the West, like in England and USA, we have taken up several research projects because somebody came up with an idea saying that, look, yoga comes from East and it can apply in the East, people can take it. But can it apply at the cross-cultural way? This is what made us to start our research work in the world outside, including one big cancer research project that we have started under NIH grant at MD Anderson Cancer Research Center. So now we are able to show that it doesn't belong to a particular culture. This whole yoga approach belongs to the mankind. And another thing is that it is not, as uh, Umaji said, it's not intervention into the body, but we try to see that body regains its ability to heal and with which that we are doing so that the idea of uh, injuring the body does not take place. If provided, you understand yoga, not as just physical exercise or doing some acrobatic kind of thing. It's much more how you flow with that in a harmonious way. This is the basic area. In fact, we got almost like a 100% result in the case of bronchial asthma and a wonderful results that we have for all the back pains and all kinds of uh, spondylosis and all that. Lot of people who are advised to go through the surgery that means which is supposed to be the last in the spiral of health. We said with yoga, we can overcome that. So we bring them back to the first level where we can manage with the help of yoga. We have got wonderful results. We published papers. We, published, we produced more than uh, 40 PhDs who have done the research in the field of yoga. This is very um, inspiring and encouraging because, you know, it, it involves in, in the West, it involves, a, you know, having a change of heart and mind, a change of consciousness about, you know, who we are and how to approach um, being out of harmony with the self, you know, so there has to come, you know, the understanding, um, so that people will stay with a program that will bring those kind of results. And so, um, you know, having this holistic program where you're addressing, you know, all levels of the being is, is so, so very helpful. And, um, so we're really looking at yoga um, as a way of living, right? So let's talk a little bit about that as yoga as, you know, not just um, practices um, 
you know, as asana or even meditation, but as, as a whole way of living. How do you see yoga as lifestyle management to help us um, stay healthy and vital, which we understand as our natural way of being? Yeah. Uh, the way that World Health Organization defined about the health, they said one of the important components is the positive well-being at the social level. When we talk about social level, often people think about correcting the society, bringing the change in the society outside. The way that yoga looks at is the most important ingredient of the society is you. So can I have a wonderful, harmonious, healthy social outlook? That means to say in my own home, in the world outside that where I work, can I create that healthy feeling? Then what happens if everybody starts working in that direction, then we don't have all this kind of social problems that we have. Another thing is that the spiritual well-being, the deepest level, the most important component is the spiritual health means harmony. So if we understand and implement that harmony as an important ingredient at the spiritual well-being level, today all this kind of uh, social unrest that we have in the name of spirituality, unfortunately, we can eliminate that. So I would wish that today, of various other cultural aspects of it, the most important cultural aspect which is accepted all over the world, across all kinds of religions, faiths and philosophies and all, is yoga. But only thing is that I wish people take this yoga in a holistic way, as a lifestyle change. That means to say, bring in harmony in the food that you take, in the life that you live, in the society that you try to be in, and in the workplace, probably we can do much better. Mm-hmm. Another important that yoga tries to give us is, deep inside, very core of us, like the way health is our nature, The second important thing is happiness itself is our nature. We don't have to rush outside into the world chasing the happiness. Unfortunately, today what happened, the kind of rat race that you see, which is the main cause for the stress, is because man is chasing the happiness outside. (laughs) With inner awareness makes you to realize that your very nature is happiness and all this running around will be reduced. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a beautiful vision. And, you know, connecting to our innate happiness, our innate peace, um, you know, if we if we see a vision of possibility of people everywhere being able to do that, you know, many of the social, uh, even global problems that we have, you know, that stem from greed, really, you know, is sort of a mistaken sense of what is going to bring happiness and uh, fulfillment. Um, that can be turned around because this degradation of the environment, you know, and people pushing themselves over the edge with stress, trying, you know, chasing after happiness, just as you said, um, if that can be turned around so that people can um, experience uh, contentment, mm. contentment, right? Um, the, the fullness, innate fullness, then there's no longer that um, 
self-drivenness, you know, to try to get from others, to um, deplete the environment, and so on and so forth. So it's a beautiful uh, vision for for the future of the world, but really one person at a time. So we're, we're going to conclude in just a moment here, and I really want to thank you, Raghuramji. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, and I want to give you the last word uh, this morning for our listeners, and, and maybe just to to um, share with them your thought about, you know, how to get started right now um, yeah. with yoga in your life. Yeah, first thing is that, in my feeling, yoga means union, coming together. I wish that all the yoga schools, yoga masters, whatever the names may be, let us harmoniously work towards this goal, which is basically going towards the better human being. That's what is the first idea that we need to think of as yoga masters and yoga teachers in schools. In that sense, I'm so happy to be associated with you, Brian, because that will give very nice, good opportunity to work together. Mm. At the individual level, let us, every individual, whoever is the listener, understands about these things. Whichever that yoga center, yoga place nearby, try to get into that. And then uh, join hands with others so that motivation happens in the group to see that you have a healthy lifestyle, healthy food habit, and cheerful way of life. And you can withdraw from this rat race that's so important and so that we can address the issues of stress. Mm, thank you so much. And, you know, I'm hearing as as you speak, you know, just the simple um, direction, you know, take care of yourself, <laughs> of your divine self, right? So <laughs> begin to arrange conditions so that uh, it is possible to get back to that innate health, that innate happiness, that innate uh, joy. Uh, again, thank you so much uh, for joining me today on the Yoga Hour. I want to remind listeners, if they would are interested in more information, they can go to Yoga Bharti's um, website. That's yoga, Y-O-G-A-B-H-A-R-A-T-I dot org. Please uh, join me next week as I'll be welcoming Dr. Rick Hansen. Um, who is a, a neuropsychologist. He's the author of the book, Buddha's Brain. And uh, so he's going to be talking about how um, to make big changes. We can actually start with just one thing. It's kind of where we finished up today. For information about the upcoming Kriya Yoga Immersion Week at Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, go to csecenter.org. I look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, remember to let your inner light shine into the world and share your peace and your joy with all you meet. Again, thank you, Raghuramji. It was a pleasure this morning. Thank you. Welcome. And the same pleasure for me to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Rev. Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. 
This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. Have you ever considered that everything you think and say is a prayer to the universe? Are you sending a positive or negative message? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Things may happen around you, things may happen to you, but the only things that really count are the things that happen in you. This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Things may happen around you. Things may happen to you. But the only things that really count are the things that happen in you. This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity. Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They are Unity Classics. Join Reverend Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Each month, you'll be able to follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine a different classic Unity book. From Charles and Myrtle Fillmore to Eric Butterworth, Emily Cady, and beyond, experience the foundational teachings of Unity. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. 
Thursdays on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 